Adakimas Project, Session 4, Reading and Personal Study. Hearing God's Voice All who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ should learn how to hear His voice. Jesus referred to Himself as the Good Shepherd when saying in John 10, 3-4, He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. When He has brought out all His own, He goes on ahead of them, and His sheep follow Him because they know His voice. Do you know the voice of the Lord? the whisper of the Holy Spirit? To hear God's still, soft voice in your spirit, you must eliminate the distractions of this world. Other seed fell in the weeds. The weeds grew, and it strangled it. Luke 8, 7. You can't hear God when your mind is crowded with thoughts, worries, fears, and plans, or if you always have the radio, TV, or other electronics on. If you constantly have your phone against your ear, when God calls, all he gets is a connection to voicemail. All of these distractions are what Jesus was referring to in Luke 8 when he talked about the seed falling in the weeds. Those weeds grew with the seed and strangled it. If you are always on the go and you can't hear God, then you are facing the barrier of busyness. When our daughter was in Sunday school, she came home from church one day and commented on the word busy. She said, busy stands for being under Satan's yoke. That sure does carry a lot of weight. There is a huge difference in being productive under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and being afflicted by a yoke of busyness. This portion of Jesus' story of the seed falling in with the weeds is a little bit better than the seeds that fell in the shallow soil because the seed actually sprouts and grows, but the weeds choke it out so it never bears fruit. So many people hear God speak, but as they go on their way, life's worries, riches, and pleasures choke them. They stop hearing God's voice, and so they miss out on God's best. You've heard it said that good is the enemy of best. This is certainly true about listening to God's voice. You may be missing God's best by relentlessly pursuing good things. God's best has an element of rest. There is a sense of rest while being very productive. If you feel like you are striving and not getting anywhere in life, then that is a clue you are missing God's best. Another popular saying is, an hour of God's favor is worth a year of labor. If you keep going, but you aren't spiritually growing, you are busy, not productive. Jesus says distractions are like weeds that grow up in your mind and heart, just as weeds grow in a garden. There are three types of weeds that will keep you from hearing God's voice. The first one is worry. The Greek word for worry is merinma, which means pulled in different directions. When you are pulled in different directions, you are worried. And when you are worried, you can't hear God. The second is the desire for riches or self-sufficiency. You can be so busy making a living, trying to make money to pay the bills and get out of debt that you can't hear God. The third is pleasures. God gives you pleasures and they are a good thing, but you can get so busy pursuing pleasure and fun that you forget to pursue God as well. Worry, self-sufficiency, and pleasures are like weeds. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? None. Weeds are a sign of neglect. When you neglect your time with God, the weeds start to grow in your life. Gardeners know that the best way to keep weeds out is to prevent them from growing. You prevent weeds by having healthy ground cover or grass. Open dirt is an invitation for weeds to grow. Well-fed plants, fertilized and watered, will cover the ground and help to prevent the weeds from growing in the first place. In order to overcome the weeds, you must learn to overcome your preoccupied mind. 1 Kings 19.12 says that when God spoke to Elijah, it wasn't in the wind or an earthquake or fire. It was in a gentle whisper. 
If you want to hear God whisper to you, you have to be quiet. The Bible says you reap what you sow, Galatians 6, 7-9. If you sow into your relationship with God, you will reap a great sense of intimacy with God. And when you have intimacy with God, the weeds of life are not prone to grow. Get a journal or notebook, or use your laptop and start a Word document as your journal. Choose a quiet place. Find a spot where there are no distractions or interruptions. Early morning or the quiet at the end of the day is often the best for this special time with God. Pick a location that inspires you. Be still. You cannot approach this conversation in the rush and busyness of the week. Relax your soul, cease striving in your mind, rest in your body, and wait as you do this process. The goal is to press a mental pause button and connect with God. Many find their way into intimacy with God through the path taken by King David. He shifted his focus on the greatness of the one he sought and did so by rehearsing all God's goodness to him and his people in the past. In a very practical way, this means that you need to turn your attention from what is not working and instead focus on those things that bring a sense of gratitude, thanksgiving, and praise. Inventory all the good that has been given to you. There is a protocol to entering the presence of any great king. We are admonished to enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, Psalm 104. You might even want to write your own song and sing it to the Lord. It would be a song of all that you are most thankful for at this moment of your life. David entered God's presence with song and a variety of instruments he mastered. You may not have an instrument, but you do have your thoughts and your voice. Inventory all the good that has been given to you. There is a protocol to entering the presence of any great king. We are admonished to enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Psalm 104 Inventory all the good that has been given to you. There is a protocol to entering the presence of any great king. We are admonished to enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Psalm 104 You might even want to write your own song and sing it to the Lord. It would be a song of all that you are most thankful for at this moment of your life. David entered God's presence with song and a variety of instruments he mastered. You may not have an instrument, but you do have your thoughts and your voice. The Bible calls this making a melody in your heart to the Lord, Colossians 3.16. Turn your gaze and song upward. When you do this, you recalibrate your own state so that it is receptive to His. Some people prefer to play music to support this process. We suggest you use an instrumental music to set an atmosphere rather than lyrics, which can distract or even lead your thoughts. The ideal state of mind is one where your soul can be at peace, still, quieted, and coming from a place of gratitude. Brain researchers have discovered that feelings of gratitude release the highest amount of healing energy for the body. People with a high level of gratitude are the most fun to be around. This is very practical evidence of God's approval for living a life of gratitude. The next step is to listen. This is perhaps the most important concept. You do not need to expect God's voice to be thunderous or loud. The prophet Elijah referred to it as a gentle whisper, 1 Kings 19.12. When God speaks, it is often subtle, and its sound is often not so very different from the sound of your own. Recognize that God's voice most often comes as spontaneous thoughts which light upon your mind. These thoughts are gentle and quietly engaging. It is as if you are walking next to Jesus having a conversation and the Sea of Galilee is nearby. Picture the image of a dove landing rather than a flash of lightning. This is not to say that God's communication cannot be dramatic and distinct, 
but it is to say that it is often missed because we are not listening closely enough. It's sad when God wants to communicate to you and you don't get the memo because of a lack of listening to His Spirit. But you won't make that mistake, right? The next step is to watch. The prophet Habakkuk said, I will stand at my watch and look to see what he will say to me. Then the Lord answered him and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Habakkuk 2, 1-2 Recognize that God also speaks in impressions, images, pictures, and vision. The eyes of your heart are able to see. The art of seeing seems to be similar to the secret of hearing. This requires a shift from doing to simply being still in God's presence. Enter the stillness of the moment without driving the flow of impressions. Be relaxed and wait to see and hear what God desires to communicate to you. The eyes of our heart can allow images from heaven to come as spontaneous pictures which light upon our minds. These can easily be pushed aside if we dismiss them because they don't make sense or if we are preoccupied with busyness. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting toward us from the north. The Lord said to me, From the north disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 1, 11-15 Write down the flow of images and thoughts that arise, and do so uncritically, suspending judgment. Forget grammar, forget spelling, and avoid excessive theological evaluation. There will be an opportunity to discern, refine, and sift your answers out later. At this point, we are exercising faith for God to put something into awareness so that we can evaluate it later. Place your pen down on the page and simply start to write the faintest impressions, even if it sounds like your own voice. By starting the process, writing immediately what comes to mind, we start the flow of listening. This is a spiritual exercise to be still, wait, ready to write, and then obedience to write what you hear. And feel free to ask God questions. God wants to answer your questions. Example, God gave you an imagination. It's a gift from Him. God will meet you there when you invite Him to. One of my favorite ways to spend quiet time with God is to imagine I'm walking with Jesus along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. This is how I describe it. As we walk together, we pick up smooth rocks and skip them into the water. I tell Him about my day, and I thank Him for walking with me. I ask Him questions like, Lord, how much do you love me? Or, Jesus, what do you think about what happened today? I listen for his answers and write them down in my journal. When I have decisions to make, I will ask him about that too. Jesus, I have to make this choice about dot dot dot. Help me to understand what your perspective is on this. Sometimes I'll hear his words, and other times a Bible verse will come to mind that applies perfectly. I want to be open to the ways God will speak to my heart. He wants to converse with me. To learn how to test what you hear and see in your spirit, please refer to the next section. Testing a prophetic word. Testing a prophetic word is vitally important. Many personal prophecies are mixed with a true word from the Lord and intermingled with the speaker's imagination, past history, and lack of understanding. Sorting out what is purely from the Lord versus what is mixed with human intervention can be a challenge. As the old saying goes, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
Just because many personal prophetic words are mixed with truth and error, be careful to preserve what is good and loosely hold on to all else. Quite often the most bizarre prophetic words are understood years after the fact. So don't reject a bad word, just hold on to it loosely until the Spirit of the Lord impresses it upon you. Do not quench the Spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-22 When you or someone in your group receives a prophetic word, then take time to pray, listen, and wait upon the Lord concerning the prophetic word. Use the following questions as guidelines for testing. 1. Have you written out or typed up the prophetic word just as it came to you? 2. Have you written out or typed up any further revelation the Holy Spirit gave you as you prayed and waited on Him? 3. Have you asked God for His wisdom and discernment concerning the prophetic word? 4. Who is the intended recipient of this prophetic word? You? Another person? A group or a region? 5. What type of prophetic word is it? Examples. Exhortation, edification, comfort, confirmation, warning, correction, directional, conditional, call to prayer, foretelling of an event, etc. 6. What is the time frame of the prophetic word? Examples. Past, present, future, an era or a movement. 7. What is God's timing for delivery of the word? 8. What is God's purpose and what is your stewardship of this word? 9. Is the prophetic word complete or do you sense in your spirit that he will add to this word in the near future? 9. Is the prophetic word complete or do you sense in your spirit that he will add to this word in the near future? 10. After searching the scriptures, does the prophetic word align with God's word or is it contradictory? 11. Does His Holy Spirit, who lives within you, confirm or witness to this prophetic word? 12. Have you asked the Holy Spirit to search your heart to make sure there is no offense or judgment that may color or filter the prophetic word He's given you? 13. Does the prophetic word exalt God or man? 14. Does the prophetic word speak life? 15. Does the prophetic word align with God's character and heart for His beloved children? 16. Have you tested the prophetic word by asking godly counsel to prayerfully review the prophetic word? Once a prophetic word has been prayed over and successfully tested, then act on it as instructed by the Word of God and His Spirit. As an application exercise, assume someone in your group stated the following prophetic word. Use the questions above to test this prophetic word and decide how you would respond to it. I see this group at some point in the near future functioning as like-minded royal subjects of the King of Kings, being single-minded and not double-minded. I see us being pure vessels of God, pouring out blessings of healing, both emotional and physical, to those seeking hope. I see Christians meeting the Lord Jesus Christ at new and deeper levels because they see Christ in us. I also see an attraction from those who resist God but then are compelled to worship Him after they have had an encounter with Him through His holy vessels. In testing a prophetic word, it is important to get rid of the fear of failure and the desire to control. Testing your persona statement. When you believe that your persona statement is ready for testing, then use this process. First, it should fit on one page for commissioning. You can certainly have a longer persona statement. 
In fact, we encourage that. It's a living and growing document as the Lord reveals more and more truth to you about who you are and what He's calling you to, and as you experience more breakthrough and healing in your life. But for commissioning, there should be a separate one-page document that is concise and includes the following elements. Descriptions of intimacy with God and personal unique identity in Christ. Clarity of God's design for gifts and spiritual authority. A brief description of your journey of brokenness and healing. Evidence of breaking off hindrances. Declarations of prophetic purpose and passion. Get a couple of close friends in the spiritual gym to review your statements and help you refine it and strengthen it. Have your friends listen and ask the following questions. Does it cover all the required elements? Did the person prayerfully put it together or does it feel copy and pasted from someone else? Can it be used for daily direction and encouragement? Does it paint a clear picture of who they are and God's design for their life? Is there honesty for things that God may have not revealed yet? When you feel it is ready, then turn in your persona statement to your group facilitator for review and feedback. Once your persona statement is ready and has been approved and you've completed all of the elements of the Docomas project, then you are ready to be commissioned and read your persona statement to the group. Be sure to review the leadership protocol for how the commissioning process works. You can do it. Session four, wrap up. Lori just shared with you how to hear God's voice, test the prophetic word, and also test your persona statement. These are really important. And First John 4 talks about testing the spirits. We want to make sure that everything we're doing is with wisdom. We love revelation, and we also want to test it with wisdom. The next step is to go into session five, group activities. And here you're going to do the words of encouragement with prophetic pictures exercise. This is one of the favorites. A lot of people that have been through the Doc and Moss project really love this exercise. We've also heard from some people who really didn't want to do it. They heard about it and they're like, ah, I don't want to do this one. But then they went ahead and did it anyway. And we've heard so many great reports from those people that started off being a little pessimistic and then they got into it and were really blessed. To find out more about the Docomas Project community and events, please visit docomasnetwork.org. The Docomas Project Spiritual Gym Playbook Version 2 was written by Larry and Lori Hill, copyright 2016.